You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the war, 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 the Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages, welcome to yet another rousing rendition of the Views from Mint Street podcast. Your home for all the Carolina Panther talk you can possibly stand. And then just a little bit more. My name is Rob Brown, host of The Rob Brown Show on 97.7 The Fan Upstate in Greenville, 97.1 The Fan Upstate in Spartanburg. You'll notice both of those places in the upstate of South Carolina, right in the middle of Panther Country. You can also listen to that show for free on the Odyssey app. Just search The Fan Upstate and check out The Rob Brown Show 9 to noon every single weekday. We talk a lot of Panthers and everything else. And I say we, because joining me, as always, the gentleman on the other side of the metaphorical glass on this show and that one, he is my co-host. They call him the great one. Lonzo Reitzel is here with us as well. Hey, real quick, real quick, you mentioned Spartanburg, and I don't think we mentioned enough what happens in Spartanburg, at least for now, every fall. And that would be Panthers training camp right here in Spartanburg. So it isn't, I mean, so when you say in the heart of Panther country, it happens right here. Oh, they bring the team to us. Yeah, uh, we get to go out. We get to see them hanging out at Krispy Kreme and and the Beacon and, and landmarks over in Spartanburg. And, uh, and there are pictures and video every August of those guys getting out there and getting in the community. So, so we are right here where the Panthers go. Been there the last two years running. It is not only a... Uh, tremendous experience and opportunity to see the team. But, uh, and I will say this, I've worked with a lot of teams in the places I've broadcasted in the past. I don't know that there is one that has made it as easy to communicate with and get hooked up with uh, than the Panthers. One of our other stations uh, here in Greenville is the flagship station of the Panthers in the upstate. And every time that I have reached out to the Panthers to ask for stuff, uh, they have been more than gracious. As a matter of fact, had a conversation with one of their PR reps earlier today, and we are working on an interview with New Panther head coach Frank Reich for the Rob Brown Show. And if we are able to grab that interview, or I should say when we are able to grab that interview, we will chop it up and we will bring you some highlight selections here on the Views from Mint Street podcast as well. I will let you know if and when we can get that nailed down. I suspect it will be happening. It's just a matter of when. Obviously, Frank Reich is right now elbow deep in putting his new coaching staff together, including, by the way, the announcement earlier this morning of a name that will be coming over 
and joining the team uh, as of this uh, this earlier this afternoon, I should say. And we'll tell you who that is coming up in a minute. Uh, there is also a conversation going on right now with a passing game coordinator of a playoff team this year that could potentially be entered into the OC role here in just a minute. And we'll tell you about that as well. But before we dive into any of that, I would to finish up that thought. Obviously, Frank Reich elbow deep and putting the staff together. Once that gets a little bit more solidified, hopefully we'll be grabbing Frank Reich for a maybe 30-minute sit-down sometime in the near future. And then, as I mentioned, we'll cut that up and bring it to you guys here on the pod as well. That being said, let's get into a couple of the things that we need to get into today. And let us start with the introductory press conference of one Frank Reich. He was introduced to Panthers fans earlier this week, got behind the podium, spoke, uh, gave a little hello speech, took some questions and answers from the media up there in the CLT. And we kicked this a little bit around on the Rob Brown show earlier today. In fact, that entire segment is right now available at thefanupstate.com. Drop the podcast menu down to the Rob Brown show, and it is either the first or second segment that is available. We reacted to the Frank Reich presser at length on the show today. And I wanted to do the same thing here for just a minute, especially after I've had the the, the opportunity to go back and rewatch it, to listen to it a second time. And I think this is kind of where I've landed on the whole thing, Lonzo. Uh, Frank Reich had all of the catchphrases, all of the buzzwords, that the successful coaches do, right? He mentioned it's about details and getting all the details right. You get enough details right, and you're going to get the solution to a problem. You get enough solutions to a problem right, you're going to fix the problems. You're going to have a pretty good team. And I find that interesting when I kind of put that in comparison to what he said later about the coaching staff, where he said, this is not a matter of I'm going to call up all my boys, right? I'm not going to call up the guys I've been around my whole career and build a staff of my friends. I want to build a coaching staff that I can trust in. And, you know, we talk about Matt rule who was brought in as kind of that CEO micromanager coach who developed this OOU feeling of you're either one of us or you're not. And I don't get that vibe from Frank Reich. I, I, I get the vibe. In fact, I saw somebody on social media talking about the fact that there were a number of times during that press conference where Frank Wright kind of stumbled over his words, kind of stopped sentences midway through, and then started a whole new sentence. And there were some spots where Frank Wright wasn't exactly the most eloquent eloquent dude in the world, but I don't need a head coach who sounds good and a presser. I need a head coach who can coach. And I think Frank Wright has shown that he absolutely can. He has shown that he can develop quarterbacks. He pointed that out during his presser. He's a guy that fixes problems within a team. He went out of his way to point out that if you look at his coaching record, almost every single team he was in charge of got better as the season went on. And he made the argument that he thought his dismissal from Indianapolis was probably premature because they fired him halfway through the season when he had a record that was not as bad as some other football teams, including, by the way, the Carolina Panthers. And he said, look, 
every team is going to have problems at the beginning of the year. The question mark is, can you adapt? That's a word he used very frequently. Can you adapt to those challenges? And more importantly, can you make the changes, even if they're tough, to solve those problems? That is something Matt Rule never did. That is something that Frank Frank Reich emphasized that he specializes at. And I agree with that. There are one or two minor problems I had about the presser, and we'll discuss and debate those in a minute, Lonzo. But I thought overall the press conference intro was good. No, he doesn't come across as a guy that owns a podium as a great orator, but he came across as a football coach uh, who gives a damn. And that's kind of what I'm looking for right now, to be honest. Yeah, I don't care if you can talk. I, I really don't. Uh, this is not a uh, – I'm talking about Frank Reich, not talking about you, because obviously Rob Brown, he uh, does speak eloquently. Uh, Brother. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was loud and clear. I, um, I just want you to win games. And in another market, uh, the media might be a little more brutal to you for not being able to, to be up there and, and command – the podium. Hey man, win some games, go up there. I mean, cause you could be getting the opposite. You could get to Bill Belichick. Yeah. Well, we're working on it. We're moving on to uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, you could get that. I don't think you're going to get that with, with Frank Reich. Um, I believe he really wants to be here. And I think that helps a lot. And the fact that his family lives here uh, in Charlotte and he was a winner as a player. He's been a winner as a coach. And I just cannot wait to see what it's like to have an offensive mind coach uh, at the Carolina Panthers helm. I cannot wait to see what that's like. I can't wait to see who his coordinators are. I can't wait to see what direction he's going to go in the draft. Uh, there's just so many things that I'm looking forward to and might not have felt the same way if, if somebody else would have been the coach. Yeah, I uh, listen, I, I know there was and, and we don't need to necessarily get into and do the whole breakdown regarding the guys that aren't the coach. I'm happy to focus on on Frank Reich and what he is as a head coach and what he is as a head coach uh, is a guy that had during his time in Indianapolis a single losing season. It was his second year back in 2019. Uh, you will remember he went seven and nine that year. There was a lot of quarterback turmoil and turnover at that point. The next year he came back, they went 11 and five and were a wild card team. The year after that, they went nine and eight. The year after that, they start this past year, obviously, they went three, five and one, and Frank Reich's contract was terminated halfway through the season. So in five years in Indy, he went to the playoffs twice, but I think it's unfair to not talk about the Andrew Luck retirement, to not talk about the fact that he got stuck with Jacoby Brissett as a starting quarterback for a full, for a full season. And it's also, but I think if you are going to mention those things, you've got to mention that Brissett and Carson Wentz and uh, Phillip Rivers and some of these guys that he worked with had, if not the best year of their career, very good years under Frank Wright. I think, as we've mentioned a couple of times on this pod and certainly on the show, that I think the decision-making of Jim Irsay this year has kind of led me to believe that he is dangerously close 
to treading into Jerry Jones or Al Davis territory as the owner of that ball club. Uh, and I have question marks about that. But back to Frank Reich and what he said in that intro press conference, and we'll, we'll keep this going for a few more minutes. I thought the couple of references that he made to, listen, it starts and ends with me as the head coach. And listen, every head coach in the NFL is going to say that. But I want to I want to know that you mean it, right? Because, like, again, every coach is going to say, well, it all starts and ends with me. That's fine. But I need to see that you coach that way, right? Like when, when Joe Brady got fired under Matt rule, it very much felt like that was the sacrificial lamb for Matt rule. Not have to take, not to have to take accountability for the performance of the Panther offense that year. Not a guy who was taking accountability for the team under his direction. I don't get that vibe from Frank Reich. And again, We've had a 30-minute press conference. Let's not act like we've seen the product of the performance on the field. But the guy had a lot to say. I'll give you the other thing. Uh, speaking of attention to detail, I've talked about this on the show today as well. One of the things that I very much appreciated out of Frank Reich was before he even spoke, when David Tepper came off the podium and introduced Frank Reich and gave him the opportunity to come up to the mic and put some words into it, before he did that, he went out of his way to walk out of the island over to the right to shake the hand of every single current Carolina Panther that came out to his introductory press conference to listen to what he had to say. And I know that that doesn't really seem like a big deal, but Frank Reich, a guy who minutes after that would talk about the fact that I want to collaborate the players. It's not a democracy. It's still my decision-making process, but I want to collaborate with the players. I want them to know that they have a voice. They have an input. They have a say. For him to go over and make time to acknowledge them, to shake their hands, uh, to thank them for coming out, those types of little things, Lonzo, to me, at a point in time where the success or failure in the NFL is pretty much dictated by, A, do you have a quarterback, and B, do you have happy players who are who are really laying it out there for you? That felt like a big moment for Frank Reich to me. You know, to that end, if you – I get it's the offseason and guys are on vacation and stuff like that, and some of those guys may not live anywhere near uh, the state of North Carolina. But if you're in the area when your new boss is about to speak, don't you try to make a way to be there? I mean, you would think so, right? Like, yes is the answer. Uh, to make an impression to say, hey, man, I want to be here. I'm not saying that people didn't come out of protest or anything like that. I just uh, I uh, think there I uh, thought there would be a a better showing, but again, it's the off season. I mean, I so say, so they the off season. These guys got families. I am absolutely willing to say that I would be not. I would not be shocked to find out, especially considering how vocal they were about it, that a few of the players are upset that it is Frank Reich and not Steve Wilkes. Right? They they made it abundantly clear. Derek Brown, Brian Burns, these guys made it abundantly clear that Steve Wilkes was their guy if it was up to them. So I'm sure there are probably a couple of players with, frankly to me, understandably hurt feelings, and maybe that's not why they were there. Like you mentioned, some of these guys got kids. They are two weeks removed from starting their offseason vacation. Um, I don't particularly care about that, but the fact that Frank Wright went over to these guys, though, the ones that did care enough to show up and be there and – 
welcome their head coach. The fact that he made it a priority to walk over and say, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Good to see you. Shows me that the stuff he said in the presser about collaboration and team effort and the players have a voice wasn't just smoke that he was blowing, but it felt like he meant it. The Views from Industry podcast rolls on, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, if you haven't done it already, do us a favor. Go to your major podcast provider, whether that's Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play or Apple iTunes or free on the Odyssey app. Search for the Views from Ministry podcast and click that little heart icon like the show and make sure you are downloading and subscribed and getting notified for every episode because we are now just a tad over a month away from the NFL draft. It's almost time for draft profiles, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite times of the year. And you are going to want to be subscribed when we start cranking those out. And talking to folks about exactly what the Panthers are going to do with that number nine pick. So let's finish up real quick, Lonzo, our reactions to that presser. I'll give you a couple other things that caught my eye. I guess I should say my ear or both and get your your reactions to them. Uh, The first one to me was Frank Wright being asked about the type of quarterback that he would like, right? He mentioned that. You would be silly and incorrect not to acknowledge that the NFL is moving towards a model that is dominated by a quarterback who has mobility, right? You look at Jalen Hurts, you look at Kyler Murray, you look at Patrick Mahomes, you look at the quarter, Lamar Jackson, the quarterbacks that are at the top of their game are primarily guys that have mobility so that you can move the pocket. Frank Wright pointed out it opens you up to Uh, different RPOs and play action that you wouldn't have if you had just a purely pocket quarterback. He said, you still got to know how to throw from the pocket, right? Like that will never change. And he said, you're down seven. It's third and 10 with with 45 seconds left to play in the game. You got to have a guy who can drop back in the pocket and play a pure old school passing game. But what I found very interesting, and I thought about this after we got off the air today, a lot of the things that Frank Wright said he was looking for in the prototype quarterback if he got to pick his guy, Lonzo. A lot of them sure did seem to sound like a guy that's already on the roster in Matt Corral. Is it possible? Because Scott Fitterer said, in an ideal world, we draft a quarterback this year, but he did not say we are definitely drafting a quarterback. He said in an ideal world, we do. Does that mean perhaps maybe Frank Wright looks and goes, give me a crack at doing what I do and developing the guy that's already on the roster. And let's use that number nine spot to shore up something else. Or was that just, hey, this is my ideal quarterback. And if it's Corral, great. And if it's not, we'll find somebody else that was. Well, Frank Reich has been an NFL head coach recently. So he knows what season we're in. We're in that silly part of the year where people don't want to tip their hands because they know what's coming up, a little thing called the NFL draft. Uh, I don't think you push too hard exactly about what you're looking for because someone may say, we know you want this guy. How much are you willing to trade to go up and get him? And I've made no secret that I think they should do trade everything for C.J. Stroud. 
Uh, I'm not going to back off on that. I still think they should trade everything for CJ Stroud, but he should never act like he's willing to do that. Um, if you project that the guy you need might possibly be on your roster already, well, then maybe less people go after the guy you really want. That's the thing. There's so much psychology and so much sleight of hand that goes on this time of year uh, until we really see uh, as we get closer to the draft, we're not going to know. And the other thing is, is Matt Corral healthy yet? I mean, is he? I, I haven't seen any reports. Yeah, I, I, I honestly lot. haven't heard much about him at all, to be honest with you. And, and when when he was healthy, he didn't play enough to find out really what you have in him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you looked at it closely, everything he's talking about, you can almost say that Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold pretty mobile. People yeah. forget uh, how many touchdowns he scored two two years ago. He was like leading the league or something. Yeah, through like week six, he had the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. You're not wrong, uh, which is why I'm I'm intrigued by it. I'm not making any snap to judgments. Uh, one more thing he said that kind of caught my attention. He got asked directly, "Will you be calling the plays, or you will will you be uh, dictating that duty to somebody else?" And Frank Wright gave what I think is the only acceptable answer, which is we'll see, right? Like, I think you can make a decision by saying, you you can say my choice is to wait until I have more information to make a choice. I've, I've had this fight with other sports broadcasters for many years. I don't have to take an opinion on something if I don't have all the, all the, the information I need to have an opinion. Sometimes it's okay to go, yeah, I don't know. I lean one way. I don't lean one way. I don't know. It's okay to go. I know. Uh, I think that's fine, right? Like there are a couple of offensive coordinators out there that have done a good job calling plays that might be on the market. There are a couple of OCs out there that have not been OCs, but they're they're being graduated from that position. Uh, we found out earlier today that the that Frank Reich staff has called Jacksonville and asked for permission to speak to the coach with the best name in all the game, Jim Bob Cooter, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, please, please. Can we please have Jim Bob Cooter? Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter is the passing game coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A hey, team. Gu- guarantee something that Jim Bob Cooter will be a hit in Spartanburg. That's all I'm saying. Oh, you're damn right. You damn, He'll be a hit everywhere. So – uh, anyway, Jim Bob Cooter got the phone call today, uh, or I guess I should say Jacksonville got the phone call today asking for permission to interview, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, the offense, the, the passing game specialist for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that remember ditched the worst coach in the history of the national football league and urban Meyer. And all of the sudden Trevor Lawrence looks like a comeback player of the year candidate and the Jags won the AFC South and a playoff game this year on the arm of TL 16. I don't hate the concept of talking to Jim Bob Cooter a little bit. Now, will he call the place over Frank Reich? I don't know. Frank Reich said, Hey, look, I've had success calling plays. I enjoy calling plays, but we'll see if we get somebody in there that I can uh, go ahead and pass that responsibility off and trust them to do the job. Hey, hey, let me, let me ask you a question real quick on that. So if you come in and you take the job and you don't get the play, uh, call the plays, isn't the coach saying by saying that? Isn't Frank Reich saying, "Hey, you're not good enough"? I mean, doesn't that hurt the confidence of whoever the guy is that you bring in? 
Don't know. Great question. Genuinely have no idea, right? Like on one hand, we know a lot of coaches. Sean McVay is one of them uh, that over the Sean Payton was one of them for many years in New Orleans that the offensive coordinator position is more of a consultant. Really? Right. Like they're going to they're going to watch the game that the head coach is calling and go, hey, coach, I'm noticing this. Hey, coach, I'm seeing this. They're, they're more of a bird's eye consultant. Than an or, OC. Or there and there are some guys who flourish in that. Yeah, I think I think there's the guy that runs that portion of practice while the head coach is over working with the defense. I mean, maybe. Yeah, but again, I like I said, I, I know, for instance, that uh, that, you know, Sean McVay has called the plays in L.A., won a Super Bowl doing that. And the guys they've had rotate through offensive coordinator in that position have basically been eyes in the sky box who go, hey, coach, last couple of plays, they've been rolled in the linebacker to the left. Maybe we go play action back the other way. More of a guide uh, with a better bird's eye view of the field. But it is also setting you up in a position to be able to take that next step, whether it is into an OC job where you are asked to call the place or to a head coaching job, it is still a step up from passing game coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I don't know is the answer, right? Like, I don't know. And that's, that's up to Frank Reich to handle. Uh, I will tell you uh, just to go ahead and get the negativity out of the way, the fight that Lonzo and I had on the show today, there was one problem that I had with this press conference for Frank Reich. And that problem was he was asked on three different occasions Coach Reich, what would you say were the biggest problems for this team the last couple of years, and how do you plan on addressing them? Now, here is the 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 metaphor that, or I guess I should say the 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 way the analogy that we put to it on the show. I am not saying that I needed Frank Reich to show up and go. Everything is sunshine and rainbows, and I'm just the icing on the cake, right? Because that's not true. We know that. We're a bad football team right now. I'm not saying that I need Frank Reich to come out and go, well, uh, number 79 was garbage, and number 67 couldn't hit a reach block to save his life, and number 29's got butter sticks for fingers. Like, I don't need any call-outs. But what I would have loved to hear is Frank Reich to say, hey, look, because he made the point multiple times, I've watched the game film, right? Like, I have watched the tape. I've spent time watching the tape. What I'd love to genuinely hear is, what does Frank Reich believe has held this team back from turning the corners outside of Matt Rule? What has held the team back the last couple of years from turning the corner? Give me a couple of things that you have diagnosed as an issue. And your solutions. And I'm not asking specific player callouts. I'm not asking for I'm just saying, do you see that uh, we haven't been consistent enough with the run? Do I already know that's true? Yes. But I still want to hear what your issues are, right? I want to know what you think went wrong with the team and what your plan is to fix it so that you I know, you let me know when I can go. knows how to put the bandage on the wound. You let me know when I can go. I, I just, All you, I, buddy. Okay. I, Here's the thing. He did point that out when he talked about in the press conference uh, how good the running game is, and he mentioned Deontay Foreman. He mentioned how good the offensive line was. He mentioned how good the defense was. All right, you've mentioned three things there. There's some things there that you didn't mention. He also mentioned the special teams were really good. Uh, so 
they're, they're like two positions that he didn't really mention. And those, by not mentioning them, he mentioned them, the receiving core and the quarterback. If you talk good about everything else and you don't talk good about a couple other things, you have just identified them as the problem. And you did it in such a way to where you weren't negative and you're not calling them out. But if you read underneath and you really look at it, he did kind of do that. Um, I don't think he did, right? I don't think he did. I think he did a fine job. You know what it was? I've done it. I just, I just want to. I want to growl right now. I know it doesn't do me any good, but that's. Go I want to growl. Make, like, if it makes like, you feel better, like, you can like, have uh, a. You can have a ten second growl. Then that's all right. I mean, we we fought so much about this today, and I thought maybe the fire was done. It's not. It's not. It, it's still, it's still not. Yeah. So, so here was the analogy that I gave uh, on the air today. I'll give it to you, people. Then you can be the judge, and we'll kill off this conversation to get to, to some other news and notes. Uh, when I got the job at the Fan Upstate and I got called up and they called me, I think the Tuesday before and said, can you come up next Monday for an in-person audition? We want you to come up and host your show Monday and Tuesday so we can evaluate it. I said, absolutely no problem. And for the next four to actually five days, I sat in front of a speaker streaming the Fan Upstate, listening to every show. Listening to the local shows, the syndicated shows, listening to the commercials, listening to the sponsors, listening to the teams that were and were not on it, comparing it to the teams that are in Greenville, Spartanburg, et cetera, et cetera. And when I got done with the very first day of my audition the following Monday, and I sat down with the individual who is now my boss, he said, what weaknesses do you think that the station has that you can address, that you can be, you can help push us forward with. Now, the Frank Reich approach would be, I think everything's great. I'm just a good host, and I'm just here to be a good host. No, Rob not Brown's everything. Solution, not everything. He would have pointed out all the positive things. Right. That's just what that's he did. Sunshine and rainbows. Everything's no, great, no, no, right? No, no, no. If he if, if he talked glowingly about every every host on the station except for two of them, then that points out that those two are the problem. I mean, listen, he mentioned Deontay. It's pretty much the only guy he mentioned by name as a standout, right? Yeah, but he talked about the offensive line as a whole. He talked about the defense. He talked about the special teams. Didn't mention quarterback. Didn't mention receivers. Sure. I agree with you. If I went in there and I said, these two shows I think are great. The rest of everything I think is fine and I'll help out with them. And other than that, I think the sound of the station is fine. No, that's not what I did. What I did was say, here's what I think your weaknesses are. I think you've got four to seven, depending on the season and time, professional teams located throughout your listening area. I heard nothing about them, not coverage nor commercial. I think we absolutely, and I can help you develop a relationship with those teams. I've done that. Uh, I think that as far as your local commercials, I think you guys are leaning kind of heavy on everything is super combative with these shows. And I thought I I, I bring a fun element. I, I joke, I goof off. I think we can go in that direction. We have done that. I think it's made the station better. You can address the negatives, even if they're from a, a, a hundred yards away, and give me some thoughts on how you're going to fix them. And that's what I wanted out of this presser, and I don't think we got it. All right. So the worst thing I think, I think worse than it is what it is, is my favorite will, phrase. Thank you. We'll agree to disagree. 
No, we won't. <laughs> we're, we're not going to agree to disagree. We're just going to disagree. Fair enough. Respect. Ladies and gentlemen, the views from Mint Street Podcast is in your ear holes. We are glad to have you along for the ride. Rob Brown, Lonzo Reitzel with you, putting a cap on this. Hey, do us a favor. If you haven't done this already, we would greatly appreciate you sharing the pod around your social circles. If you've got some Carolina Panther fans in your life that maybe want a little bit more Panther talk in their life, Send it over to him. Let him know that Rob and Lonzo are talking Panthers like twice a week minimum, sometimes more. We'll see when we get closer to the draft. Here's some news and notes, ladies and gentlemen. And I think it is a crossover, Lonzo, that Carolina fans, both the Cox and the Panthers, are going to be very excited about. But per Dan Graziano, Lions assistant head coach and running backs coach Deuce Staley has left the Detroit Lions to join Frank Reich's program in Carolina. How about that pickup? Deuce headed to Carolina. Welcome home. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I love that pickup. And I'll tell you why I love that pickup. Uh, Deuce Staley is about as energetic of a dude as you will ever see on the sideline. He was that way as a player back in South Carolina. He was that way as a player in the National Football League in the late 90s and early 2000s. He has been that way as a coach during his time in Philly. That is why I think, honestly, he got the job in Detroit in January of 2021. He has been there with Dan Campbell since. They love him in Detroit. I went to some Detroit message boards when I saw that. They are very bummed to see him go. A heck of a player in college, a heck of a baller at the NFL level, and a dude who genuinely lives the game. And I'm saying this right now, and I mean it, based on our running game last year, and the personality of the guys that we will be having in the backfield next year, pending additions, this is my favorite coaching pickup, and I'm including Frank Reich in that discussion. I love Deuce Staley. I love this pickup. This immediately made me go, my dude is putting a team together. I love this. So it is a good sign, and uh, I, th- I think we got to see who the next guy is. If the next guy is a is a home run, also, then uh, the excitement for <clears throat> the season gets even more, even more uh, exciting uh, than the news that some guy you know down in Florida decided to quit. Um, this this is this is pretty cool news. Here is the interesting question. Dan Graziano said he is leaving Detroit to come to Carolina. Dan Graziano did not report what position he is coming to take in Carolina. He was, in Detroit, the assistant head coach. Do you think that he is leaving Detroit to come to Carolina? He was the assistant head coach and running backs coach. Do you think he is leaving to come to Carolina to be anything less than the offensive coordinator, even if that means that Frank Reich is still calling the plays, Do Staley's got an eye for the football. He learned from Dan Campbell in Detroit. And, by the way, 
Before he was in Detroit, Deuce Staley was a coach in Philadelphia. You know who else was on that staff in Philly? Frank Reich, a guy who knows him very, very well. I love this pickup. I would not be shocked to find out that uh, because he's under contract. Remember, if you are under contract and you get hired to another team, you cannot leave for a lateral job. It has to be a promotion, and then you're allowed to leave. I got a feeling we're going to find out tomorrow, great one, that Deuce Staley is the new offensive coordinator in Charlotte. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, uh, you're right. No lateral moves. you got to be a step up, and there's only one way to go up, and that would be that. And and that's fine. So then you got your offensive coordinator. Now let's see who they get for a defensive coordinator. Now, here's why that is more interesting, because we mentioned a few minutes ago. I, I know there's a name out there, but, you know. We mentioned a few minutes ago that Carolina had reached out to Jacksonville for permission to speak with their uh, their passing game coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter is not an assistant head coach at Jacksonville. He is the pass game coordinator in Jacksonville. It would need to be a step up for him as well to take that job. Uh, at the time that Deuce Staley was discussed, and Rappaport sent out a tweet that involved both of them. This was earlier this afternoon. He said the Panthers have requested permission to speak with Jaguars pass game coordinator Jim Bob Cooter for their OC job. They've done the same for Lions assistant head coach Deuce Staley for an elevated position on their staff. Staley's name just got leaked literally as we were starting this show as moving over to Carolina. So I've got now to think that Deuce Staley is the new offensive coordinator. And that Jim Bob's probably out. Probably so. out. Unless they consider the concept of passing game coordinator and assistant head coach an elevated title, and then maybe he comes over and kind of works hand in hand. But I would not get my hopes up on that just yet. I think we've kind of seen what we need to see uh, here with uh, here with Deuce Staley. I'm hoping as we do this pod, there'll be breaking news to tell us who the defensive coordinator is. I honestly have not heard a ton on that, except for the fact that the San Francisco 49ers have requested permission to speak with Steve Wilkes about filling the role that was vacated by D'Amico Ryans, who, of course, earlier this week took the job of head coach with the Houston Texans. Uh, listen, based on what, the announcement. What about Fangio? Where is Fangio uh, going? Fangio's in Miami. Fangio got him a job. So he is, he? He is okay, in Miami. I yeah, that. That, I think that came down like late yesterday. I don't remember exactly when. Um, so he was gone. So you're looking at what's left. I, I, I think that very obviously, though, with the uh, statement that came from Wilkes attorneys uh, minutes or hours after Frank Reich was announced as the head coach earlier this week, it was pretty clear that Steve Wilkes was not going to become the D.C. in the CLT, and we've got to look outwards and elsewhere. I think there was a lot of let's let the chips fall and let's kind of see what shakes up as far as obviously finding the head coach. Uh, I think Frank Reich's priority was probably on finding an OC uh, out of the gate. We've obviously, it appears that we've done that with Deuce Staley. I would not be shocked if by the end of this weekend, we know who's going to be controlling the other side of the football too. Yeah, I, you know, and you need that as soon as possible. So you can start putting together any, any other guys that those guys need un, underneath them and start looking towards the draft. Uh, without a doubt, is the sooner you can put everything in place, the quicker you can start looking at Trading everything away and getting um, <clears throat> C.J. Stroud. Speaking which is, of. Which is priority. 
speaking of trading in the draft, ladies and gentlemen, uh, how about this little bit of note? Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated put out a report also when we were about to get this show's recording underway that said, quote, the Bears have decided to go ahead with Justin Fields as the franchise quarterback and will try to trade the first overall pick in the draft instead of drafting a quarterback prospect. Fields impressed the Bears organization on how he handled the 2022 season. So now it looks like the Bears will be looking for a trade partner as we get closer to the NFL draft. So I have got to assume this, and this comes with the hiring of Frank Reich. Frank Reich learned in Indy because remember, Indy passed on a few QB prospects in order to bring in guys. Now, again, some of those guys they brought in, guys like Carson Wentz came in, had a, had a decent time before they got shipped right back out. But Frank Reich, I think, may have learned a lesson in Indianapolis. That lesson is establish that quarterback position and establish it with somebody that you think is going to give you con some consistency for at least four or five years under center. The closer we get, the more I hear Frank Reich talk, the more I hear Alonzo talk, the more I think that there is a very good chance that with the elevated amount of draft capital the Carolina Panthers have, and now we find out the Bears are going ahead and putting their dance card out there looking for partners, the more I'm convinced we might actually be moving up in the draft. All right, so you talk about learning lessons. Did Scott Fitterer and David Tepper learn lessons from the last couple of years grabbing quarterbacks uh, that were – that didn't pan out time to go that other direction. The best direction for this team right now is to go for a younger quarterback that can grow with the young team. Cause a good portion of the Panthers is pretty young and you've got a chance to get someone that can grow with them. You got to go up and get a quarterback. You absolutely do. How many picks we need? You need one pick. You need two pick. You need three picks. You need six picks. You need eight picks. You can you can have well, easy killer, easy killer. We watched the New Orleans Saints tank about nine years of their franchise for making that move for a guy by the name of Ricky Williams. So and to be honest with you, I still don't think they've recovered from that, despite having won a Lombardi between here and there. Um <coughs> again, I think moving up to a five-six spot is more targetable. However, if the Bears are truly looking to trade, not saying we're not drafting a quarterback, but saying we're actively looking to trade back. I think it becomes pretty inevitable that there's going to be a quarterback run early. Whoever goes to one is going to take either Bryce or CJ. Whoever's left is going to, to the Houston Texans. I don't have any doubt about that. And then because those two come off the board quick and quarterback is so valuable, I suspect you're going to see Will Levis come off the board sometime between three and six. The question is, is Will Levis worth a trade up for three or four spots? Or do you hang tight at nine, take Anthony Richardson? A guy who, by the way, with the exception about the questions of his football brain, has all of the prototypical things that Frank Reich specifically mentioned. He's going to, he is probably going to be available at nine. Is Will Levis worth an extra two or three draft picks to move up to five, six, seven to get? Or do you stay put? Cross your fingers, Levis falls, and if he doesn't take Anthony Richardson at nine, that's a question we're going to have some time to look at. All right, so I, uh, in case you didn't know, um, 
I'm from Ohio and, and I've, I've lived in, in Carolina half my life, but uh, my roots will always be there. So I'm going to root for the Ohio State quarterback. I'm probably going to look at them a little more favorable than I would another school. But in this case, it has nothing to do with that. The best quarterback right now to me is C.J. Stroud. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. And I think he's worth moving up to get. And if you can't get him, don't move up. Fair enough. No, 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 no love for Bryce Young in that spot. By the way, by the way, a Bryce Young who has uh, better odds to be drafted number one overall than C.J. Stroud right now in Vegas. Uh, good for him. Uh, and I do enjoy his Dr. Pepper commercial. But but no, I'm not. I'm not moving up for Bryce Young. I'm only moving up for C.J. Stroud. And if you can't get him, then stay where you are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages, that is today's edition of the Views from Men's Street podcast. We will be back towards the end of this week. I'm assuming we'll have a little bit more news. By then, we should know if Deuce Staley is indeed the OC. I suspect that he is. And let's be honest, if you listen to this pod from any minute after 4.54 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, and you already know that Deuce is the OC, just know that we recorded This is Past Rob. Asking for your forgiveness. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll come back on Friday. We'll talk about that. We'll see if there's any names in the hat for DC. We will see what other moves have been made. And we'll start talking a little bit more draft lines. And before we get out of here, any final words for the people? I'm trying to think of any questions I'd want to ask past Rob. Uh, but I probably already asked them. Yeah, because it was in the past. That's how time works. That's Lonzo. I'm Rob. We're back on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Views from Men Street podcast. Keep pounding, baby.